All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a bonus episode of J. Rudd's Worldly Realist Podcast. In the world, I'm your host, J. Rudd, and I'm here with a special guest, um, Mr. Rodney Norman. What's going on, man? Oh, it is an absolute pleasure and an honor to be with you today. I am doing great. Man, Thanks. Hey, man. So, you, so you're living in Utah, right? Uh, yeah, I'm back and forth between uh, Utah and Connecticut. I just flew in last night from Connecticut, actually. So That's what's up, man. So we got connected through Vinny, Vinny Beetle. Shout out to Vinny. He produces the yeah, show. Yeah, Vinny Beetle. That's right. He also Bill said, Vinny. oh, yeah, man. He also said that uh, you were one of his mentors as well. Uh, I hate to take the blame, but yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've given him advice over the years. Yeah. Well, whatever advice you gave him, man, it, it's working, man. It's working. He's a good dude. Well, he's a, he's a, he's a good dude. He he works hard. He he's a he's a hustler, and uh, he gets himself into trouble sometimes. But but he's a good guy. He's a funny dude. <laughs> now you've been doing stand up comedy for twenty five years now. Yeah, closing in on twenty five. Yeah. Closing in on twenty five, man. So tell me, how how'd you get started? Well, you know, I, I, I did uh, acting all through uh, high school and college. Uh, I did improv and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'd always been interested and fascinated in stand-up, but I just never had that, I don't know, just, just never really quite sure how to get into it or how to, you know. And then one day uh, I was uh, had a business where I was doing a kind of handyman service, and uh, the guy that was helping me uh, almost cut my finger off. Hmm. And uh, as I'm sitting there in the emergency room getting my finger sewed back on, I thought this isn't what I was going to do with my life. And so I sold my business to a friend and uh, found an open mic and started doing stand-up comedy. This is, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's what's up. So whenever you think of stand-up comics, man, who who influenced you? Who are some of the comedians that uh, that you look up to? Well, you know, early on, when I was a kid, I used to uh, I used to sneak in to the front room because I could hide behind the couch. My parents couldn't see me, and I'd watch the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. And I used to see, you know, like um, one of my favorites was Bob Newhart. Um, you know, George Carlin. You'd see Pryor on there. Uh, Rich Little, just all of those old school comics, and uh, just fell in love with it. I mean, just every every one of them that got up there, I loved it. Yeah, man. I mean, if I were if I were ever to be, oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I felt like I cut you off. Were you gonna say something? Oh no, no, no. Because uh, my mind, I, I go like I think like a hundred miles an hour, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Same so, I mean, I was, so whenever I think of stand-up comedians, man, if I were to ever become a stand-up comedian, you know, people I would, I would look up to, you know, uh, Richard Pryor, Chris Rock, T.K. Kirkland, you know, those, you know, those comedians, those are, you know, those could be, they're great, man, they're great. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great ones out there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you, I understand you were, uh, you're military, you used to be in the military. Uh, yes, uh, I served four years in the Marine Corps. Four years in the Marine Corps. You know, because back in high school, I'm, I'm 23 years old. I was in high school like five years ago. Well, like back in high school, 
you know, the Marines used to come to our school and like during lunchtime and like try to basically recruit us <laughs> in a yeah. sense, being like, hey, you ever thought about the military during the Marines or what have you? And you know what? I was actually thinking about doing it, but then I thought to myself, ah, nah. I said, nah, it's not really for me. I don't really see myself going into the military. Yeah, it's it's definitely got to be something that you are committed to do and want to do. Absolutely. So I'm so you, you got to see the world then, huh? Well, I got, yeah, uh, some good, uh, mostly just weird and strange places that no one else will ever see. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I got to go, you know, uh, Japan, the Philippines, uh, Norway, uh, but most of the time I uh, hung out in North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, you talked about different countries and stuff like that. Have you, do you know any Japanese? Do you know any other languages? Have you studied well, you know, it was funny. Um, in Japan, you hardly ever, you hardly ever uh, really get to talk to uh, nationals, as we call them, mm-hmm. um, any of the locals. And when you did, they wanted to work on their English mm-hmm. more than they wanted to help you with your Japanese. Right. And then, and then uh, I had one time when we went to Norway. I spent two months before. I got a bunch of stuff to learn Norwegian, and I had been practicing and. Uh, I got fairly well where I could kind of understand what they were saying, but mostly, you know, I could ask to go where a bathroom is and that, you know, basic stuff. Right. And uh, we get to Norway and we start the, the exercise we were doing. We're actually setting up a radio uh, relay station in a, uh, it was the weirdest thing. It was, it was on the uh, playground of an elementary school. Mm-hmm. And so where we're sitting up, all these kids start coming around checking us out, you know, and we're not talking to them. They're not talking to us because, you know, you know, we don't know. We don't know. No, we, we don't know. You know, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. And then I finally uh, started talking to them in Norwegian. And one of the kids says, don't you guys speak English? <laughs> and he does it in a perfect English, you know, sounds just like an American. I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't know you did. And he goes, oh, yeah, we all have to part of the school system where yeah. all, it's all required to know English I'm like oh okay so it was so then all my Norwegian was gone at that point yeah like it just it became pointless to try to even learn so right 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 <laughs> you know and I hear stories about people who travel to like different countries like my parents they'll go to Germany they'll take a trip to Germany and you know they'll try to and they'll try to talk to people you, you, you know, you, in English, you know, they try to talk talk to people in English, but then get mad whenever people don't understand. Be like, yo, you know, it's Germany. You can't just come up into, you know, different countries and start speaking your language or what have you. But, yeah, I mean, that's whenever, you know, that's whenever people get frustrated or what have you. <laughs> you know, that's like whenever, uh, whenever people from other countries come here and they don't learn English. You know, yeah, we get it's frustrated. Like, it's not like we keep it a secret that we speak English here. Exactly. Or the German and the Germany. Yeah, it's of course one thing I've noticed about traveling also is that uh, a lot of times they don't want to talk to you because mm-hmm. you are an American. Right. So they'll just pretend they don't know English. <laughs> but no, I, I. You know what? That's somebody at work. That's somebody at work. He like every time. Every time I try to talk to her, she pretends that like she doesn't know English. That's somebody at work, and I and and then you know, and then she'll go off and go do something else, and I hear her talk, speaking perfect English to somebody else. I'm like, wait a minute, I just asked you where the bathroom was. 
<laughs> yeah, but you, you don't. You, you've lived here this long. You're working in an American company. You don't know the word bathroom. Oh my goodness. She 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 goes. She she uses the oh, oh me no speak English. I'm like oh okay. And then and then she turns around and then has like a total like a conversation with somebody else talking about you know nails or you know whatever women talk about now. I'm like wait a minute. Whoa whoa whoa. whoa. I thought you know speak English. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just, that's just People that. Are People are funny, man. People are funny. That's why, that's why I have all this podcast material. That's why I get up on a, that's why, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I started a podcast is, you know, I just take life experience or what have you. And then I just like hop on the mic. I mean, kind of like, um, you know, and comedians and, you know, and some of their uh, material, you know, they take real life experience and they, they just. Well, that's, yeah, that's where the best stuff comes from is real experiences. You know, you just, you find those little nuggets of, the, of things that happen to you or that you think about while you're going through something. And that's, that's where you find that, that gold. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially when, when now I'm like in celebrity news or all up in the news or what have you. So, you know, I'll just voice my opinion right there. Right here on my podcast, you know, I keep it real. I call it the realest podcast in the world. And so, whenever I have a met, I mean, it's it's weird because we live in sensitive times now. So I tell people, it's like, yo, you might not like what I'm saying, but there's a message behind what I'm saying. And whether you guys want to listen to yeah. the message or not, you know, you can't well, make you can't make somebody listen to you. No, no, and that's I think the biggest problem that we have in our in our culture in the United States right now is that we talk at each other, mm-hmm. not with each other. Right. You know, it's just as soon as somebody realizes that you are of one political uh, persuasion versus another, they make all these weird assumptions about you and they shut you down. They don't want to listen to you, what you have to say mm-hmm. because you're you're either a wacko communist or you're a white supremacist that wants to destroy the world. And it, it's just it's gotten so absolutely toxic and ridiculous that it's like this was this was never what this was ever intended to be. And, right. and and yet I think it's always existed. There's always been this tension. I mean, right back, if you go back and read the Federalist Papers and you look at the debates they were having then, we are still having those same debates now about, about government, about culture, about people, about leaders. I mean, everything. We, we're still having all the same arguments. Um, and we've sort of kind of agreed to go with something, but we keep but we still have that same argument continuously going on, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't know that we'll ever stop it. But it would—it—it it, it is nice when you can actually just sit down and just have a conversation, an open, honest conversation. You know, I think when you realize that most of it, we have more in common than we have different. Right. I mean, we all—we all want to—we all want to live in safety. We always—we all want to have peace. Mm-hmm. We all want to get along with our neighbors. We all want clean water. Uh, we don't want people being abused. We don't want police killing people and getting away with it. We, right. Nobody wants any of this stuff. Absolutely, yeah, nobody. And what it comes down to is how do we how do we stop you know how do we stop the bad things from happening? And unfortunately, sometimes the answer is we just can't. I mean, it's just as long as people are free and will and and uh, can do things on their own. Sometimes you just have to accept the fact that horrible crap's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and the power of social media, you know, so social media doesn't really make it any better, anyway. Oh no, you know, it's like uh, it just just adds fuel to every fire. I'm telling you, man. 
So, it is Black Tuesday, and we all know about the riots that are going on, and George yeah. Floyd, you know, all that, but it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It is horrible, and you know, people are rioting, people are protesting, but now it, I feel as if like it's going a little bit too far. You know, people are looting now. They're burning down. They're burning yeah. down buildings. I was I saw on TikTok people lit a Starbucks on fire, and it's just like, and uh, one of my one of my friends, one of my homegirls, she got up there on Facebook and said that they burned down a children's hospital, Rodney, a children's hospital, dude. Can you believe it? It's to the yeah, point. Well, you see, oh, you see that story in Virginia where they caught a house on fire with children in it, mm-hmm. and then they blocked the uh, emergency vehicles from getting to them. Right. I mean, it's just horrific what they're doing. Yeah, it's to the point where it's just like, yo, it's like, it's not even protesting no more. Now, now you guys are breaking laws. <laughs> now oh, you yeah, guys are breaking yeah. laws to the. I mean, look, I, I understand, you know, breaking some windows and 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 really going crazy to prove a point. Like in Minneapolis, when they burned down the precinct of the of where uh, Chauvin that was actually a member of, mm-hmm. he went and burned down his police station. I get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how you direct your protest at the people that are causing the problem, right? Because it's like you know, and 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 the frustration of here, this guy just killed this guy, and all you did was just, you know, you fired him. That yeah. Was it? That yeah. Was it? He, he he caused someone to die, and you just you know, said hey, go get another job. That was that was your that was your reprimand. That you know, I could see that focused attention on on that, but when it started going into the Target stores and mom and pop stores, and now it's just now it just seems like it's like organized anarchy is what's going on right now. Especially mm-hmm. the, you see where they're the, the stories of where they're they're leaving bricks, they're going to leaving bricks, yeah, stationed at places. For, it's like oh wow, there's there's a lot of things. There's there's some there's a big game being played on all of us and. I don't think we're ever going to fully understand who all's involved, but I think we all we all have a pretty good idea. I think yeah. <laughs> and it's on both sides. There's, yeah. there's. I, I, I'm not even saying that this is a, a left-right thing. I think that there are players in in a lot of different places that want this kind of thing to keep going, mm-hmm. uh, both for political reasons, financial reasons. I mean, if you don't think that there's a lot of people making money off this. You're not paying attention. Exactly. Exactly. Somebody's benefiting off of this. Somebody's benefiting off of this. But, um, and I think that the officers that were just standing around whenever that was happening, too, they're just as much to blame as. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched the video? Oh, I did. And, uh, and the other videos, the whole thing is just weird. I mean, why would you treat anybody? I mean, what, the guy's defense was passing the. Mm-hmm. Really? I, I bet everybody, probably everybody has at some point in time passed fake currency not knowing that they were passing fake currency. Exactly, exactly. And I was talking to, and I, and I was talking to somebody about it yesterday, and, um, and he was saying, you know, he's he, he probably he probably didn't even know that it was fake currency. Somebody must have just like gave it to him, and he just you know tried to like use it. Yeah, he could he could have gotten this change somewhere. Right. And not knew it. You know, if you're not paying attention, you know, I mean, especially as sophisticated as, as people have become with counterfeiting, 
Mm-hmm. Plus, the guy, you know, the, the deli, once they received the money and they put it in their cash register or they, you know, allowed it to be used to exchange goods, mm-hmm. um, they now they are now the one who is in possession of it. And they are they they the guy basically has not committed a crime anymore. Right. You've accepted the bill. You now own the bill. Mm-hmm. And what you do with it, knowing that it's counterfeit, that's when you're committing a crime. I mean, but. But it, it's just it's just odd that you would have that kind of force over a a twenty dollar bill. Right. And it wasn't even it was, and what the whole lunch was like what twelve bucks. Right. So you're you're doing this over twelve dollars. For twelve dollars, I mean, man. It's just insane what's going. <laughs> The whole thing, just watching it, it's like this does not make any sense at all. Absolutely, man. And, uh, so I think that there's, I mean, I hate to be, you know, I've, I've always been into conspiracies mm-hmm. because I enjoy reading about them and studying about them. Just because it's, it's just, but for me, it's like just reading a fantasy novel. It's like it's fun to think about. But there's no way I could ever prove any of this. Most of the proof that's provided is very, very circumstantial. And, Mostly just somebody repeating out other things, different things, and so it's not most most conspiracy theories are just nonsense. Right, right. We're getting to the point now where these conspiracy theories that they seem to have more truth in them than what the mainstream media has been. Right. And so it's it's really it's a topsy turvy world right now that. The, the, the craziness makes more sense than what they're trying to say is the reality, and it's just oh, it's amazing, amazing. Right, right, and we talk about the the need, the need, the need of the neck, man, the need of the neck. I watched the video, and I, it was just it, it was just horrible to watch, man. It was like nine to like eleven minutes of um, this man, you know, pleading for his yeah, life, man. Yeah, and no one, I mean, that one, you know, the. Uh, one officer who's not who's just standing there you know his whole response is he's just kind of looking over at the the group of onlookers and just saying yeah he's just trying to get once in a while go hey uh hey guys don't do drugs yeah you know at no point i mean you would think you go hey uh you know maybe maybe not sit in the guy's neck Mm -hmm. and no i mean that's the thing it's no police force ever it's condoned right. rolling on someone's neck. Right. And now the other officers, and, and you know, that's the other thing is everybody wants to focus on the racial component, but you got to think the other officers, one was a black guy, one was a Latino, mm-hmm. and the other dude was an Asian. Right. Uh, I think he's Chinese. And he's the brother-in-law of Chauvin. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I did not know that. I did not know that. Yeah, he was a brother-in-law, so it was like... I mean, the, the, the weirdness, that story, the more you get into it, the weirder it gets. Like the fact that they're saying that Chauvin and uh, Floyd knew each other, hmm. had worked at the same security at the same nightclub for, for many years. Wow. But at no point in time does George or, or Chauvin ever acknowledge knowing each other. Hmm. You know, George keeps saying officer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, you know, if someone I knew was sitting on my neck, I'd be like, kind of like, Derek, get off me. What the hell, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come what back. the hell are you doing, Derek? Yeah. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be sitting there going, officer, I can't breathe. Oh, you know, it, yeah. it, it's just, 
the whole thing, I, it, it feels, it feels like a setup. It looks like a setup. But you know, how do you how do you prove any of it? Yeah, exactly. Other, you know. Yeah. The thing, but I. The thing that stood out to, and I think that's what people are going crazy about, is you know, you just see a white, you just see a white police officer kneeling on a kneeling on a on a black dude's neck, man, and and like killing him, man, and killing him. Yeah, and just and and oh, and it just brings up so much emotions and so much anger and frustration, and I and and I think we all feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and but we've gotten also to the point in, in all the rhetoric is that when you express your you know it's like I, I've expressed that what happened to him was horrible and that we do have a problem the police do kill people all the time and right. get away with it and it's not just black it's white it's mm-hmm. Hispanics it's a, 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 everybody gets killed by police officers and the police just in the whole system just sort of kind of protects the officers most of the time not always it's not it's not like a i don't i don't think it's as you know rampant as people want to think it is mm-hmm. but but it does happen and they do get away with it most of the time with very little uh, repercussions at all and that needs to stop that need, i mean that really we need to really consider what kind of power we're giving the government that they can kill its own citizens and get away with it Right, right. You know, that that really is the heart of the issue. Exactly. And, and but people want to keep fanning the flames of racism, and mm-hmm. it's it gets frustrating because you're also getting to the point now where it's like if you say, hey, I think this is a bigger issue than just racism, then, of course, you're a racist. Right. Yeah, and you get shut down and shut out and said, oh, you're a horrible, rotten person, and then the, you supported... Uh, because you have this opinion, then you supported slavery and, like, want to go back to lynching people. It's like, no, you idiot. You know, it's just, that's the other thing is we're really bad at logic. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped teaching logic in the schools, and now, oh, it's, it's frustrating having conversations with people when they just, they use false, false equivalency and false dilemma and you know you try to explain to them that they're using bad logic and then they're saying well this isn't about logic it's about the facts and it's like oh, <laughs> oh it's hard to it's hard to fight with stupid people yeah because they never know they never know that they've lost <laughs> especially the online trolls man on twitter oh. You know, yeah. you're just like sitting there beefing with bots all the time. It's just like, why do you even talk? Like, I was watching, uh, I was watching an interview with uh, Michael with Michael Rappaport, and uh, I forgot, I forgot what show he was on. Uh, it, I think, it was, I think it was like for the People's Podcast or something like that. Uh, uh-huh. With uh, with Talib Kwa, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but uh, but they were talking about you know just like getting into Twitter beefs with like bots and stuff like that. And, you know, in the and Michael Rappaport was like, he's, he's like, he's like, quiet. He's like, you can't talk to these people. Why do you even talk to these people? Don't even pay attention to that. Because some of them purposely, so they know the deal, but some of them like purposely misconstrue what you say so that way they can just like, you know, so that way they can just be dumb, you know, trolls or what have you. Yeah, yeah, it's like they get, they, I guess they just delight in harassing people. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm telling you. But as an, as an African-American, as an African-American man, man, the, the, I can see where people, you know, where 
people bring up racism and all that because when you, when you think about police brutality, you know, you think about, you know, you go back hundreds of years, you know what I mean? You go, you go back hundreds of years of, it, of you know, police just like killing African Americans and you, you know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's been going, and it's been going on for years and years and to see, and and we're just, and we've been marching and singing. I was watching an interview with Godfrey on Vlad, and Godfrey was saying, hey, you know what? We've been marching and singing. We've been singing We Shall Overcome for years now. He said, well, marching and singing, and marching and singing and being peaceful, that's not working. So he said, we need to come up with something. He said, we need to come up with something else. And so he said, maybe we should start punching people in the mouth. Maybe instead of singing We Shall Overcome, we should be singing We Shall Whoop Your Ass. I'm gonna wait a minute. Oh man. And you know what? So that's what I feel that's where the frustration is coming from. Because that because people and I was watching a video of a young um, black lady, black woman saying, Hey, you know what? We're tired of being peaceful. Like we're tired like we're tired of being peaceful. It's like this has been happening for years. We're tired of being peaceful. So just look, turn on anything, and it's just constantly being pushed that 
uh, racism, racism, racism. And it was like, you know, I, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and I, you know, there was obviously, you know, it was just barely coming out of the, the civil rights era. Um, and it was, it, there was really a feeling of um, putting it behind us. It's like, okay, we all have equal rights. We're coming together. I mean, we all realize that, uh, you know, to be honest with you, black culture dominates American culture. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and coming to that realization that, that there is so much, so much value, so much great things that come from black culture that have transformed and really made the American identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's really what it felt like was happening was that we were, we were overcoming that. But now, you know, Elvis Presley, the reason he was successful was he basically made black culture cool for mm-hmm. white kids to accept. Right. Right. You know, and and for what for for for, for all that that was, I mean, he broke he he broke it down, and he he really kind of created this uh this this, this uh, yeah, it's, it was just an acceptance of hey, black culture is is acceptable, is cool, mm-hmm. and and uh, well, some of it was sort of you know appropriating it, but by doing that, it also exposed a lot of white kids right. uh, to black music, right. and as such, to realizing that black people are not what they had thought that they were. Mm-hmm. You know, so that it sort of changing as as we went through the cultural, the, the cultural, you know, the the sixties, the cultural revolution, civil rights, and Martin Luther King, and, and, and Malcolm X, and then we go on in the seventies, eighties. We really felt like, expect my generation, you know, I'm a uh, Gen Xer. We really felt like we were putting all of that behind us. Mm-hmm. And there were some problems, absolutely. I mean, uh, you're, you're not going to eliminate everything, but but culturally, it felt like we were putting that behind us. Mm-hmm. And then the early, you know, in the 2000s, all of a sudden, it just started ramping up again. It started really being pushed, and it, it, it's just—it's been a really strange thing to watch mm-hmm. throughout my lifetime. Where it felt like we were coming together, we were accepting each other, we were understanding, uh, trying to overcome the issues. But then again, you know, our government has done a lot of horrible things <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to, the, to black communities. I mean, the welfare reform, where they make it so you can't get welfare if you're married, yeah, which started destroying black families. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, uh, the war on drugs, which, you know, it's like, okay, so, so there, on one hand, the government's pumping and pushing drugs into there, and then they're saying, hey, guess what, we're going to have a war on drugs, which was basically a war on, on black people. Right. And they start throwing them all in jail, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it was just, and then we sort of privatizing jails, and remember, you know, remember that one judge that they finally caught him and well, he's in prison now, but he was, uh, for years he was sentencing people to, to jail because he was getting a $5,000 kickback for every person he sent to jail. Yep. I mean, it was just it, that kind of crap. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, you know, it's aggravating. Man. Aggravating, my friend. Aggravating, man, I'll tell you. And going back to what you said about, you know, thinking that you guys have put 
put all that behind you, you know, it, it, some people feel as if, like, you, some people feel as if, like, you know, it's just, it's hard to put that kind of stuff behind us because it just keeps happening, you know? Godfrey even well, said yeah, it. it keep, well, yeah, and it, it keeps happening, and it keeps getting, well, the, the one thing that I, I would say that bothers me uh, is when they, they make an equivalent, well, have you studied uh, microaggressions? Mm-mm. It was, it, it, it's an aggravating thing. If you really, I heard about it years ago, so I went and actually bought a, a textbook mm-hmm. that they use in colleges where they teach people about microaggressions. And it's, what it comes down to is that without saying anything, um, you're being a racist. Right. Uh, and it can be just a look or uh, phrasing something a certain way. And it was like it got to the point where literally, if you roll your eyes at somebody mm-hmm. who's of a different ethnicity than you, let's see, of uh, lynching them, you know, torn feathering them and hanging them from a tree. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, okay. And it's that equivalency that's like we've gotten to that point where it's any anything that can be considered a slight racially is the equivalent of... Uh, you know, slavery and beating someone to death or raping them. Uh, it, it, and it's that kind of mentality, I think, is kind of what keeps fueling this. Mm-hmm. Because now it's we've, we've, made, we've moved the goalpost for what racism is. Now it's basically just existing and, and breathing and having to be white. You're, you're just racist, racist regardless. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. No matter what you do, whatever you do is racist, uh, specifically because you are white. <laughs> and and I, I'm sorry to say this, but if that's what your opinion is, you're not going to get very far. Exactly. At actually getting anything accomplished. Right. You know. So right. There's a lot of you know there were there was a lot of white people who uh, who. Uh, uh, fought a war to end slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times people forget that part too. Right. Yeah, there were two sides to this whole thing, so. But the writing lately, I, I think now it's it's gotten, it's, you know, I just don't understand, you know, how, you know, 15-year-old Cameron from uh, the suburbs mm-hmm. going into the inner city on his skateboard and looting a, a Talbot store, <laughs> or getting a PS4 game. Yeah. I, I don't know how that's going to bring any justice to anybody. Exactly. Exactly. And and when you and and when people start speaking out against and saying, "Hey, this is going a little far," no, you don't understand. We have to. It's, uh, it's, it's just infuriating. <laughs> it's, it is infuriating, man. And we're going to talk more about that, but first we are going to acknowledge a sponsor for the show, Sweet Heels CBD. You guys already know CBD is a great way to help you guys relax and ease your anxiety, especially during times like these. Uh, they got hard candies, chocolate bars, pre-roll-up joints, and uh, even muscle rub and hand sanitizer, guys. So if you guys go to SweetHeal.com, use promo code JRUDSWORLD, you're going to get 20% off all purchases over 50 bucks. So if you guys go to SweetHeal.com, use promo code JRUDSWORLD, you're going to get 20% off all purchases over $50. So, yeah, man, it is, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy because... 
Um, there are people that going in there looting. I don't, I don't see how it's gonna bring anybody any justice, man. You're like you're going in there. I, the people, they're even bringing. Uh, it's happening everywhere too, not just in Minnesota, but it's like it happening in like different states. I remember, uh, I think it was like yesterday, a couple days ago, um, out there in, I think it was like San Francisco. It was, like, it was somewhere, San Francisco or Oakland. You know, somebody they, they were going into a Best Buy and like stealing stuff. I'm just like, all right. Yeah, well, and uh, I was reading something earlier. Somebody had sent me that there was a uh, there was a, a riot that happened in Boise, mm-hmm. and they were flying people in from Oregon. Yeah. To go and and yeah, you look at a lot of these rioters. They're not. They're not. They're not black people. Right. This is this is white hoodlums right. away with crap. Right. And blaming it on black people. Right. Now, if that, if that isn't racism, I don't know what is. I'm telling you, it's, it's crazy. It's to the point where it's just like, like we, we need to stop. <laughs> but point blank, it's just like, stop it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the, yeah. the officer's in jail. Am I, am I, am I correct? He's, he's in jail, right? Or he's somewhere. They put him somewhere. He's, he's in jail. He has been charged with third degree. Okay. Um, and I, I was reading something that kind of explained why that was the better of the options. Right. Um, because it's like, well, with second or first, you, well, first you have to show premeditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, you have to show um, intent, which is basically his mindset, mm-hmm. and which is a really hard to get thing. And if they go and they charge him with that, and the judge and the uh, jury decides that they can't fully admit to themselves. Huh that he wanted to kill this guy, right? then he could get off with an even lesser charge. So the third was like the best option. Okay. But also, I think that there's there's also uh, charges that are pending on the other three officers now, too. Yeah, as there, sh- as there should. As there should. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, um... Saying that they, they had to provide evidence or what have you to say that he what... Well, the, it, you have to show, you know, with one, you have to show premeditation, which means that he had planned it. Okay, well, I mean... The second, one, you, the second one, you have to show that he fully intended to kill the person. The third one is that he killed the person, whether he intended to or not, his negligence caused the death. Okay, well, I mean, well, I, you think that... You know, you, you put you're putting someone's knee, you put you're putting your knee in someone's neck, and the fact that they're screaming at you, "Hey, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, get off of me!" You know, you think that that'd be, you know, a, a sign yeah, for you to say, "Hey, you know what?" Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was reading the whole thing, and they were saying, but based on the law, that like basically he could get off <laughs> without anything. Wow. If they went, so it was. Uh, it was weird. I. Uh, personally, I hope he gets, uh, they give him life, he goes to prison, and uh, all these very uh, experiences and unfortunateness in the shower, and <laughs> Yeah, man, I mean, he, he's gonna, he's gonna get, he's gonna get what's coming to him, you know what I mean? He's gonna get uh, what's coming yeah. to him, as he should. I don't, I mean, I don't wish, I don't wish that upon any, I know I'm gonna wish that upon anybody, but you know, it's just like, it's, it's like, come on now, man, come on. And uh, he, he, he uh, his wife divorced him too. Is what I heard. His wife divorced him. And said, "You know what? I'm leaving yeah, you." Yeah, he said. Yeah, she's just like I can't handle this. Which I, I get it. She said. She said. She left. She's like, "Bye. See you later." But 
And now that he's, but now that he's in jail or what have you, it basically is just like, y'all need to stop, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's like, y'all need to stop. Yeah, like, what's the point? Like, what were you after, you got. Exactly. So stop. Is there, I, I mean, is there something more you're asking for? Is there something, you know, it's like there's, if somebody came out and said, well, here's our list of demands, mm-hmm. then we can start talking about it. But there isn't. Right. It's just, hey, we got an opportunity to get away with breaking crap and stealing things, and so we'll use it. Yeah. And if you don't yeah. think that there are kids or people who are just using this as an opportunity to steal and loot, mm-hmm. you're, you're an idiot. If you think that every single one of these people has a pure heart and just wants to change the world for good, you're, you're a fool. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm a security guard. I, I work at Walmart, and I think if somebody can't like try to run out with the TV or what have you, and, but you know I was on my lunch break. I didn't I didn't see it, so you know I was on my lunch break, and uh, afterwards everyone was like, "Man, did you see like that that dude just ran out with the TV or what?" Have you? I was like, "Man, I, I'm like, what the heck is going on here, man?" It's to the point where she's like, "Yo, if you guys are listening to the show right now, listen to my words. You guys need to cut it out, stop it. All right." It's like it's not. You guys are not making anything better. You're not making anything better. It's just a whole bunch of you guys just like screaming and crying and you know. It's just like, come on now, come on. There are more. There are more important things. You know what I mean? There's other things that we need to that we need to focus on. Like this Corona stuff. You know, maybe all this. Maybe maybe while all this is distracting us, you know, that maybe there. Maybe this is uh some. Maybe the White House, they're doing something in the White House, you know, it's just like, hey, you know what, now that now that everyone's rioting or whatever, you know, they're busy, wait, we can start planning some stuff right here in the White House, who knows, we need to start focusing on this corona stuff and what they're doing, and you know, how they're gonna, you know, how they're going to um, come up with a plan on how to get some of us out of here, man, because some of, because some people out there are unemployed, man, they close a bit, some people can't even afford to open their businesses back up. Yeah, there's a lot of these things are going to shut down. I think that's part of this is, you know, I think part of this, uh, the frustration that's coming out of this is because of the coronavirus, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah, there's a lot of people who've been just sitting around doing nothing, um, sitting around, their lives are falling apart around them because, they, you know, regardless of how much money you give somebody, if they're not working, they're sitting around, it's going to change them mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, you know, the government, I, I mean, they were, they were doing some stupid things to begin with with the coronavirus still. Mm-hmm. Like, they're letting all these people out of prison. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I, I still haven't heard an explanation for any of that. Right, right. And then, they made, it, and then they made it so they can basically come in and take your child for no reason other than they just think you're sick. Yep. I mean, it's horrific the things the government's getting away with. And as people were starting to come to realize that that was happening, that's when all these riots started happening. Mm-hmm. And being, being incurred. Yeah, I think there's, there's such a huge game being played on us right now, and it's really hard to really pinpoint exactly who's doing what or mm-hmm. who's against who because no one's. You're, you're, we're not getting the real story. We're right. getting the full story from the media. They're, the media is just, they're just propaganda for either side. Yeah. That's all they've become. I mean, they just, there's no, there's hardly any facts. There's hardly any real journalism being done. It's just pushing a narrative. 
Exactly, exactly. You guys already know, man. I already talk about that a lot. You know, on my uh, on one of my episodes that I released a couple weeks ago called "The Media Strikes Again," I talk about exactly. I talk I talk about that. Also, I got another one called "Social Media Madness." It kind of kind of explains uh, what you what you just explained. You know, we're not getting the full story. You know, it's some poor journalism that's going on. And you know what? And it's it's weird because when I like to be in the know, I like to know exactly what's happening. And whenever the government's hiding something from us, man, the media, whenever they're hiding something, they're not telling us the full story. You know, that can, it causes some stress, man. It causes stress just like not knowing what's going to happen, especially during especially during this time, because now we're hearing a whole bunch of stories like, well, you know, they're going to open up. They're going to open up the United States like uh, like next week or, or, you know, next month. I don't know. They just keep pushing that stuff back. And it's just like, well, what are you guys doing in there? You know, I want to know exactly what Trump's plan is for all that. And like I said in my past episodes, you know, guys, I ain't got I, mean, I don't hate Trump. No disrespect to Trump. I just want to know exactly what his game plan is, because right now it seems as if like we're all just like, you know, sitting down, scratching our butts and, and you know, just like. Well, you know, it was it was interesting that he was really pushing opening up the country, but he's not the one who shut everything down. It's mm-hmm. all the governors who shut everything down. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he stopped. The only thing he could really do is stop international travel mm. uh, from certain places, which he did. He was one of the first ones that actually started making moves against the virus. Um, got a lot of criticism for it, too, I might add. Oh, yeah. But, um, so he he's doing that. But all the shutdowns, this was all governors that decided to do this. This was governors under the direction or under the, you know, the... Uh, information given to them by the CDC and the World Health Organization saying, hey, we got to stop the curve, which, I mean, it was never intended to stop people from getting the virus. It was known that people are going to get the virus. Right. The idea was that mm-hmm. we would shut down everything for, and what they said was two weeks. If mm-hmm. you remember that originally, they said two weeks possibly. Right. So that we could not overwhelm the hospitals. That was the whole reason. Mm-hmm. Well, we never overwhelmed the hospitals. Very few of them had any really any issues. Most of them sat empty, and the people, just, the nurses, just sat around and played spades and uh, little TikTok videos. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, I mean, it was never it was never what they said it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And instead of just saying, "Okay, let's we, you know, wash your hands and keep away from people." Uh, they just kept extending it, extending it. Now they're talking about keeping it going till June yeah. or end of July, possibly through the end of the year for some places in some degree, and for no good reason. And for a, what? It's something that kills like was it the the, the rate, latest numbers is that the death rate is point zero two three percent. Yeah. It's not even a half of a percent right. of the people who get this are going are going to die from it, and of those, the vast majority of them are old are older people right. who are dying because of other complications to begin with. Exactly. So this was this was a uh, this was a, this was a game from the beginning, and it's just getting worse and worse. Well, well hopefully, hopefully they come up with the game plan. Hopefully, because well, now things are nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, they want everything to shut down. They want everything to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other one that wants to open up everything, but they can't because they're getting uh, 
you know, feedback. And then if you, I mean, if you remember people who were protesting the lockdown before, those protesters were called uh, evil, uh, selfish uh, bastards that wanted to kill grandma. Mm-hmm. But now, now those protesters are, you know, freedom fighters that are compared to Paul Revere. So it's it's a weird, <laughs> it's it's a weird thing that has gone on in just within a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, uh, it's yeah. I think that there's there's a lot of things at play here that we're not getting the whole story, and I think mostly mostly we're being lied to. Yeah. Yeah. From every angle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there, there's a there's a game being played with people who really love many of our favorites, and we're just the pawns in this whole thing. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, going back to what you said, man, it's crazy how everything just like it shifted so quickly within a couple of weeks. It's just like what? In the, it's like within a couple of weeks, you know, states are getting shut down, and you know, we're on lockdown. And then there's some people who haven't even gotten their tax returns yet. I'm like, how is it that it only takes two weeks to shut the whole United States down, but I haven't even gotten my tax returns yet? Yeah, tax returns are even those stimulus checks that some people are getting. Those things aren't coming either. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's just like, huh? I'm, I'm telling you guys this right now. If you guys file for unemployment, there ain't no reason why you guys shouldn't be getting it. I'm telling you this much right now. If you are denied unemployment... You should go and burn a Starbucks down. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. <laughs> oh man, man. Well, Ronnie, man, it was so good to have you on the show, man. So cool, man. So where can I find? So where can we find you on social media? Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook. Uh, just Rodney Norman Thomas. Uh, Twitter, Twitter, uh, same thing on YouTube. Uh, and I'll be going, I'll be doing that deal I feel pretty soon. I'll be opening up a, doing some stuff on there. Okay, that's what's up, man. That's pretty cool. Are you on Twitter and everything? Yep, Twitter. I don't do too much with Twitter. I find that just to basically be, uh, that, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the mud and trenches, cesspool of humanity of social media. I don't, I don't involve myself with that one too much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but you guys already know where I'm at, man. Instagram at J Rudd's World nineteen ninety seven. I'm on Facebook, J Rudd, YouTube, J Rudd, uh TikTok, I'm on TikTok at J Rudd fifty. And I think I'm missing one. I don't I got I got so many plugs that were heavy. Oh yeah, my email. My email, guys, if you guys want to send me an email, it's J Rudd's World twenty four at Gmail dot com. Alright, so Shout out, so shout out to you, Ronnie. Thank you so much. Shout out to Vinny, Vinny Beetle, and um, and shout out to Sweet Heel, and also shout out to all my podcasting friends, the Big Head and Pudding Podcast, Manda Rocks over there at uh, Irrelevant Pleasures with Manda Rocks. Uh, Ronnie, we're gonna end this, but I won't. But I want you to stay on the line with me. All right. Absolutely. All right, guys. This has been a bonus episode of J Rudd's World. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Give me your feedback. J Rudd and Rodney, we out, man. Peace.